All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. Today is episode shit. 26. 26. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about Overwatch, Dota, League of Legends and the toxic community of online gaming. Why Kieran has been told to move out and more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> why i got kicked out of the gym uh for illegally heel hooking adam no so today we're talking about gi versus no gi is the gi is the jujitsu gi obsolete now is it still relevant we're going to take a bit of a deep dive into the pretty i mean this topic has been discussed at multiple levels from multiple different angles perspectives we decided to weigh in and uh, I think we're going to have different opinions. I, I sense, I sense it in the waters uh, that we may, we may we have. May, different we, yeah, we haven't spoken about this prior to, yeah, to recording. But I don't know if, if we will. Like, I don't know. Let's bro. find out. We'll, yeah, let's <laughs> find out. Keep listening. You yeah. shall find Ooh. out. So, gi versus no gi. Let's um, let's establish some parameters here. When we're saying gi versus no gi, I want to tackle this from a holistic approach right we're not just talking about uh competition i want to talk about you know gi versus no gi for self-defense gi versus no gi for translating to other sports uh etc so what what, what's your initial what's your initial thought here so if let's start with with self-defense then okay um the argument that a lot of people make is that gi is irrelevant for self-defense because you're not wearing a gi on the street Mm. Uh, and I guess that's more true in this part of the world, somewhere in Sydney where it's – even in winter it's not – well, it can be quite cold, but, mm. you know, it's not like a snowy place. Whereas when I lived in Canada, which is where I first started training jiu-jitsu, yeah. it's like everyone's got like a thick parker jacket or, you know, people are pretty much – they're wearing more durable clothes than geese, you know, and everyone is in more or less a, a gi I've I've thought about this argument before, like the whole like winter clothing jacket scenario. I've I've thought about this a lot because we have spoken about that before. And don't but don't you just take your shirt off before you fight though? Exactly. I I just (laughs) the pants, get it out. Um no. So if I was looking to train a specific way for self defense, I wouldn't want to rely on the clothing of my opponent. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I wouldn't like, you know, my go to move wouldn't be a cross collar joke. Like Kind of be like know, a man. kung fu dude being like, fuck, I left my nunchucks in my exactly. other pants. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be going for a bow and arrow joke or some some shit like that. I would want to get, you know, a solid submission. Realistically, I think the go-to self-defense if you can manage it is a rear naked choke. It's probably the most control you'd have over an untrained person. Yeah. Uh, either that or like or mount, arguably. Or a trained person. <laughs> Dylan Downis. Yeah. Yeah, Scrub. exactly. Yeah, oh my god, let's let's not even. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, in terms of self defense, to be honest, if we if we're gonna do like a score system, gi, fuck it, let's do a score system, gi versus no gi. I'm gonna give to me personally. I'm giving one point to to no gi for this because I think no gi translates better to self defense on the streets. Yeah, I think so. You know. Um the those Hannah and Huron Gracie have done heaps of that sort of women's self-defense or yeah. self-defense stuff in general. And they've yeah. got some whole series about 
chokes using t-shirts and stuff like that. And oh my God, actually those dudes are awesome, but man, oh man, are they cringe for me. I can't stand their advertising. It's so infomercial-ish. But, uh, you know, they've even got ones with, you know, if you had a home invader using a bed sheet to choke them out and stuff. that's so dumb, man. Yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong. You're not going to think like that. Like you're not going to think, oh, I saw this video one time or I – I did this fucking drill where I used a bed sheet to choke some fucker out. Oh, let me let me perfectly execute yeah, it's sta- this. Yeah, it's starting to get a little bit too. That's uh, ridiculous. You know how like they use ropes and stuff in whatever other martial arts as weapons, yeah. and you know silk ribbons and whatever. Man. I mean, I would I would argue that if you were skilled enough to do those mm. bed sheet chokes, that you're probably also skilled enough to do no gi chokes. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, ironically, I have a similar argument or discussion with my girlfriend a lot because, you know. About bed sheet jokes. No, about like <laughs> self-defense, right? Because, you know, I'm trying to convince her to do something like train jujitsu, you know, for self-defense reasons. But mm. she, her, her counter argument is like, oh yeah, but I just punch him in the balls or kick him in the nuts. I'm like, it no mate, like, like that. Yeah. it would not work. If you have a, a person my size or, or your size coming at you, like attacking you, you're not going to be able to like carefully position your kick to the, and even point. if you can, you're just going to piss them off more. Yeah. Any yeah, guy listening work. knows that there's a delayed onset of yeah. pain. You can if push you have through adrenaline, for yeah. If you have adrenaline, unless they got you on a perfect shot, even then, like you, you would piss them off. Like if they're attacking you, they're trying to throw punches at your face and you get a good groin shot, you're not stopping yeah. them. You're not stopping the train from coming. Yeah, it's a terrible argument. It's like, it's, it's oh, I'll just punch them in the balls or just eye gouge them. It's yeah. like- Oh yeah, so I guess that's why no one ever gets sexually assaulted. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, when it comes to self defense, like well, I, yeah. I really think no gi wins, and I really think a groin well, strike isn't your first, shouldn't be your only attack. I, I'm just gonna go on. Uh, you know, if you had to pick a winner, I would say yeah, I would I would say no gi just because of the point you made about not relying on on having some using someone else's clothes but as if we just kind of expand that for a little bit go on i would kind of just say that it's it's almost a draw because it's i don't know man hang on shut up (laughs) (laughs) shut up (laughs) (laughs) because it's not like it you know it's it's not like training gi makes you only competent in doing gi submission. Like it's not like because you only train in the gi, you're not skilled enough to control someone's back yep. or to hold someone down on mounts. Or you to know, do a rear naked choke. Or to do yeah, a rear naked choke. Yeah. Like so if, you know, if like I said, if you had to choose a winner, yeah. you would choose no gi because you are then putting zero – submissions or controls using yeah. someone else's clothes. But it's not like, yeah, training in the gi, you have only got the skills mm. to control someone when you're holding their sleeve. Yeah. No, right? Like if you only train in the gi, like only, you never train no gi, right? And then you found yourself in a self-defense situation at the beach, right? Mm. Where essentially just wearing board shorts or whatever. It doesn't mean budgies, you're- man. Yeah, budgie yeah, smugglers. smugglers. It's- do you all of a sudden not be able to hold clothes guard or, or what? Like you're still, ha- you still have the jujitsu control skills and all those sort of things that are really what matters when it, like 
being able to do a rear naked choke versus a bow and arrow choke is not the defining factor yeah, in, in a self-defense situation. It's the it's the jujitsu skills as a whole. Yeah. And 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 you learn them in the gi as well as no gi. Yeah. So you know what I mean. Like, if you had to choose a winner, yes, no gi. Yeah. But if you, at the same time, it's it's a draw. It's very you know it's I mean. very difficult to find someone that only knows how to do spider guard, right? Or like yeah. only yeah. does lasso guard or worm guard or something that requires lapels and shit like that. Yeah. Like you know, if you're very very skilled at those moves, that's great. But you probably have a base foundation on how to do takedowns, how to advance your position, how to maintain back control. Yeah. You know, you're not, like you said, you're not only going to know those movements. However, if you only trained no gi, then all of your repertoire would be applicable. Yeah. That's that's my counter argument that, I mean, yeah, like you said, you're still going to have those skill sets and shit, if they were in a jacket, yeah, you probably could cross collar choke them for sure. However, no gi, Everything is applicable. Yeah, yeah. Except for heel hooks. I probably wouldn't. Oh, actually, funnily enough, <laughs> I just derailed myself, but I saw a video uh, on the internet of, I, I'm pretty sure it was on the streets of Brazil, um, but there was this guy, these two guys in a street fight, and one of them was trying to heel hook the other guy in a street fight. It was crazy. Why, why It was crazy. You? I don't know. I think, I don't know if they're both ju- uh, jiu-jitsu practitioners, but this guy had him in a full heel hook and was fucking him up with a heel hook. <laughs> In a yeah, street fight. like it just doesn't insane. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Why nah. would you bother? Because all, Bruh. I mean, it's no different than taking a tire eye into their leg. Like it's not something that the person's going to understand what's happening. All you're doing is just ripping their knee apart. Yeah. For, for why? Yeah. You know, like yeah, in in self defense, chokes are the way to go. A hundred percent. We spoke about that in our episode on self defense, and and you made the really good point uh, that you know you may not necessarily want to hurt your opponent. Mm. And you may be in a self-defense situation where it's it's a family member that's drunk or something crazy, right? right? Yep. Or like a, you know, you're a big 120 kilo dude. And, you know, if you're looking at um, a jujitsu guy in self-defense versus Muay Thai and you're 120 kilos, Muay Thai guy is probably going to kill someone. Jiu-jitsu guy could probably control the situation a little bit more. Well, what if you're just some poor bloke who works at Bunnings and a Karen walks in? Yeah. You know, like it you can't, you, you you can't exactly punch a Karen in the face. I mean, you want, everyone wants to punch you a Karen want to, in the yeah. face. But you can't, you know, that yeah. should get you in lots of trouble. Mm, exactly. You know? uh, but so to be yeah. honest, if we had to choose a winner, I'm going to lean toward no gi for this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if I, if I, ha- if I have to choose one. You but, have to choose. Okay, no gi. Excellent. See, nice. we're agreeing. <laughs> we're agreeing. This was my plan the whole time. Okay, so what's a what's another category that we could go with? Well, I mean, I think the just the initial argument of whether geese becoming obsolete. My yeah. my thought is that we've spoken before about how no gee has grown a lot and become you know the sort of main spectator sport and I mm. you know due to the nature of it often being more scrambly because you don't have all the grips and controls and I don't want to go too much into it because you can listen to it in um I think it was the episode we talked about the Olympics which let me check what oh that, that was, was like episode three um, I think episode five why uh, jiu-jitsu is not in the Olympic games gi versus no gi is IBJJF still relevant blah yeah. blah blah you know and so you can go back and listen to that episode, but we spoke a little bit about how the rules uh, changed in judo to make it more entertaining as a spectator sport, to mm. restrict any of the 
the grips and positions that slowed down the fight, that as the fighter, when you're in the position, a lot's going on, but from a spectator point of view, there's not. Uh, and that's why Nogi, I believe, is more entertaining. But what I think may happen is I think I really think that perhaps Gi and No Gi will just become two completely different sports. Yeah, I agree. And so it's not like the Gi will become obsolete. I mean, it just it may become obsolete in the sense that it's not as popular yeah. as No Gi Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. You know, that'll probably still be called Jiu Jitsu and No Gi Jiu Jitsu, but. But I kind of think, yeah, they'll they'll become two different sports. So people will continue to train in the gi and it might change from at the moment my philosophy currently, and I'm not saying this won't change, um, but my current philosophy is that you have to do both, right? You know, they're both part of the same sport. They're disparate aspects of the sport. It's like, you know, if you want to be well-rounded, you have to train the both of them, okay? But... I do kind of feel that it's going in a direction where, you know, you could look that gi jiu-jitsu would be judo and no gi jiu-jitsu would be wrestling. Because, mm. I mean, if you look at stand-up, stand-up as in, sorry, as in stand-up grappling, that's kind of what that they are to mm. some extent, right? You know, like gi takedowns is judo and no gi takedowns is wrestling. But they're two completely different sports, right? And you know, they've, they're so separate that people just train one or the other. Like, yeah, of course, there'd be the odd person out there who trains both. But, you know, it's not like you do this one sport that both of those fall under. You know, it's not like you train, um, you know, I don't know, wrestling dudo or something. <laughs> and to do that, you have to do, you know, gi takedowns and mm. no gi takedowns. It's like, well, there's judo and wrestling. They're two different mm. sports. And I feel that that gi jiu-jitsu and no gi jiu-jitsu may go yeah. that way. Yep. And, you know, it'll they'll start to diverge so so much. Not, not because the reason that they'll diverge is not because they will start to have less in common. It's more just that, you know, if you think about it like it's these, you know, these two paths that are together and like they're starting to split apart, there's there's going to be more space pushed between the two of them as each one expands on its own. It develops, right? yeah. So, yeah. you know, more no gi, well, no gi is the one that's been developing the most currently or, you know, with leg locks and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But that then becomes you know, that's going to expand, but also gi stuff keeps getting reinvented and developing and that expands. So they're pushing each other apart and it get, it will get to a point where there's there's too much information in, in one alone that you can't do both, you know. Probably, I don't know, probably similar to, I mean, there's a lot of similarities between a motorbike and a car, but you're kind of either a, motorbike mechanic or a car mechanic mm. right like yeah you could probably tinker in both but you know if you're looking at the elite level you, you to specialize yeah you can't be someone who's a moto gp mechanic and a formula one mechanic mm. right like they're yeah there's a lot of similarities but they're two separate 
at the moment, I, it's still where you kind of can do both. And my philosophy is you still need to do both. But I, I do think it's kind of going in a direction where they will become to some degree yeah. two different sports. And, yeah, you'll have – I think it will become more common to see gyms that solely are, are no-gi gyms because yeah. it's like its own sport. The same way you walk into just like a rest, – you don't walk into a wrestling gym and expect there to be you to learn some judo right? Nor do you walk into a judo gym and expect to learn some wrestling. And I think it'll start, that may start to happen as well. Yeah. I predict you know? that, like, I think you're exactly right. I, I think we're going to see, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu in its current form, like continue and expand in that direction with gi, with the gi. However, I think that submission grappling is going to basically become a thing of its own. And yeah. the, the big names in submission grappling are pretty much heading toward that direction anyway. They're talking about it, approaching it, and and training in that in that way. Like I think yeah, that- it's definitely being pushed as well a lot. Not pushed, but like it's, you know, you could thank, you know, social media and mm-hmm. flow grappling and, and all MMA that. MMA as well. And, I, I, would, MMA, I would look at I MMA. Guess, yeah. yeah, because a lot of, well, look at Bushesha now. He's, he's um, made his MMA debut. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. He's one with a north-south joke. Yeah, it was sick. But uh, like, I mean, a lot of people in the jiu-jitsu world, a lot of the champions that people look up to are transitioning to MMA for money and, and you know, expanding uh, yeah. for lots of different reasons. But a, a lot of them go toward uh, MMA, like Bishesha, like Gary Tonin. There's talks of Gordon Ryan going that way. I'm sure there's there's been way more in the past. I mean- yeah. Fuck the early days of UFC was dominated by Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's what really put it on the global, you know, map. Really, uh, so I think that no gi is better suited to a transition to MMA. It's pretty obvious yeah. that it is because yep. there's no point training anything with a lapel if your intention is to transition to MMA. It just doesn't make sense. Yep. So from that, I think that there will definitely be submission grappling in whatever it looks like and probably expand the rule sets that what it is today, but submission grappling will be its own thing and it will support directly support MMA. That's my sort of prediction, which is really already happening, but I think it's just going to be a little bit more formalized. Yeah. I think the more we talk about it, like, a, you know, You're getting depressed a little bit sad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I like Nogi and I'm more invested and I find Nogi more enjoyable now with the, the development of leg locks and everything. They weren't, what they are today when I first started training and when mm. I was a competitive like blue and purple belt, mm. you know, they they weren't really a thing, leg locks. Um, you know, and I didn't really enjoy Nogi much at the time, probably due to my long giraffe neck and constantly getting guillotined, whereas right. now I can play footsies with people and mm. my neck's a bit further away. But then on the flip side, I have terrible knees and I can drill heel hooks and then have sore knees the next day. Yeah. So, you know, well, I mean, I'm not too concerned about it because I'm a bit past my active competitive – I'm not past my competitive career sitting here talking like I'm old. There's people well older than me who compete at a much higher level than you I do. recently competed but, at a super fight. Oh, well, I mean, it was supposed to be like last weekend. But, well, there was um, supposed to be another one, but yeah. 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 Uh, so, you know, not that concerned about it, but I don't know. Like I really enjoy training in the gi. I like the, you know, what I personally like about the gi is that I feel like it's just more tools on your belt. You know, there's, yes, you, you've got more or less everything you can do in no gi, 
plus extra stuff. Mm. I mean, some stuff doesn't really work in the gi because it gets in the way. Some no-gi techniques and submissions don't work very well in the gi because the added yep. gi and friction, friction gets in the yeah, way. Yeah. But, you know, more or less you can do the, all the same techniques plus all the cool gi stuff. And I, you know, just me individually, I have fun doing all those things. It suits my style a bit better. Like I'm not an explosive wrestler, scrambler. Mm. I'm not super agile and so the gi allows me to control it and slow it down a bit more yeah so i don't know if i never asked myself this question but if i thought you know where will jiu-jitsu be in 20 years and i look for look ahead to 20 years and i think man am i gonna be semi-forced to have a gym that is just a purely no-gi gym or like maybe you know kind of it depends on your approach, but I honestly think that in 20 years, no gi is going to be even more popular and gi jiu-jitsu is going to be less so. And I mean, yeah, I know that Well, is, I think I would agree with that. That's already happening, yeah, you know? Yeah, but I think it will be to the point where at the moment, most in Australia, in Sydney, most jiu-jitsu gyms that you will find will train both gi and no gi. Yeah. I, I, I think that is a very safe statement. However, in 20 years, I think you'll find maybe it may be 50-50 or it may be that most jiu-jitsu gyms are submission grappling, no gi, uh, and the the minority are incorporating the gi. Yeah, and I wonder if if the real – the people who have the, the final say almost, uh, the monopoly controlling media outlets for jiu-jitsu. But it's also the consumer. Yeah, it is, but like everyone's pretty much like flow grappling, right? Mm. So, but then again, I, I will so, say, I will say that that's people in the sport. For someone that is like coming into jujitsu, I think vast majority of people. This is a very blanket statement, so feel free to push back on this. But the vast majority of people coming to jujitsu are doing so because of influences like MMA. They see they see it as a way to train MMA without being punched. A lot yeah, of I don't think many people see gi jiu-jitsu and then start training jiu-jitsu 100 it's usually even even for me it came from mma was yeah. when i first started training and when, when i you first start you, you fell in love with the gi like like i did well, I, well, I initially initially now. i absolutely hated it the, my first couple of months in the gi yeah, i same, hated same. i was like the world, <laughs> let go of me yeah, bitch. Same. i yeah. hated it i would but have then, way more success in no gi because yeah, i was like strong fast i could just bully people in the no but gi but then i got used to like oh but i can hold on to them yeah um I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, you know, so those media outlets, let's say, you know, because jujitsu doesn't have this international governing body like judo does, right? Despite it, the fact that people think that is in IBJ, IBJJ. Yeah, which it, which it isn't really, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, they're just an organization, mm. right? Uh, the same way everyone that flow grappling is just an organization mm. who's number one and ADCC, they're all just organizations, right? Mm. Uh, businesses. Ju businesses, right? Mm. Jiu-jitsu doesn't have something like, you know, wrestling in the US where it's, you know, I don't know how the, the international standards work for wrestling, but I mean, it's in colleges, it's in mm. high school. So it has this, like at least domestically has this association that has the final word. I believe right? it it's would in have the, an international one because it's in the Olympics. Because it's in the Olympics, yeah. right? So they've got these things that have the final word, whereas mm. jiu-jitsu doesn't have that. So let's flow grappling or 
Gordon Ryan or whoever or Keenan, like these people that are start saying like American jiu-jitsu and all this, mm. they what if they all of a sudden just, yeah, start referring to no-gi jiu-jitsu as, you know, not submission only because that's already – They call it submission, submission grappling, I think. Yeah, or if they yeah. just – yeah, they start calling it um, sub-jitsu. Yeah. Or something, right? Yep. And then fast forward 10 years and that's like its own sport, you know. Uh, and organizations the, yeah, pop up around the it. Yeah, sub-jiu-jitsu yep. world champion. Then all of a sudden yep. you've got, oh, we're not a BJJ gym, we're a sub-jitsu gym, you know. And yeah, 20 years down the track you've mm. got gyms that are, they're not no-gi gyms, they're sub-jitsu gyms or whatever it's bloody called. And Mexican that, ground karate. Mexican ground karate, right. Mm. And that could happen because there's no – governing body who can say you can't make that shit up no right there's just these media business outlets that can kind of do whatever they want and create their own sport so do you think jiu-jitsu brazilian jiu-jitsu needs an international governing body to put its foot down and say this is this is jiu-jitsu if you like if you want to i know that ibjjf does have the whole like you need to be you need these requirements to have your belt recognized, blah, blah, blah. But it was a little bit more formalized, like judo. Yeah, I would like some more formality, you know, because um, I, you know, the, the buck has to stop with someone, mm. right? Like I would like some, a bit more regulation happening, you know, and whether that is two different governing bodies, like one for gi and one for no gi, I'm fine with that too, right? But yeah, I don't know. Like there needs to be someone – I mean, I don't care, man. Change the name from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like, you know, American Jiu-Jitsu. Who bloody cares, man? It doesn't matter. But I think someone needs to be saying, you know, what can go and what can't go. You know, at the moment it's just kind of anyone can do whatever they want and whoever has the, the most social media presence or whatever, like whoever gets the most thumbs up, you know, that almost becomes the the default. Okay, that's how it is. And I think on, uh, to play devil's advocate, I think that really generates a lot of innovation though. Like we, I don't think we would have seen a lot of the Nogi innovation without or like ADCC, for example, without uh, the the huge explosion of popularity in um, because of flow grappling or, or because of whatever, maybe because of MMA, a, f a few different things. But I don't know if we would have seen as much innovation and the real push like the leg lock game is a prime example. If these yeah. guys, if there was no money in it and these guys weren't superstars and I, I'd argue that maybe leg locks wouldn't be such a meta in, in jiu-jitsu nogi as they are today. But, you know, it's the I, – I agree with you, but the point I'm trying to make is you – there has to be a line mm. somewhere. Otherwise you get just rogue right? states, these well, cowboy well, like, things. And well, like even even ADCC, like they still have rules. You're not allowed to do small joint manipulation, mm. right? You're not allowed to like bend fingers backwards mm. and things like that. You're obviously not allowed to like eye gouge and, and whatever. Like, you know, you have to have – yeah, the buck needs to stop with someone, you know? And otherwise the same, you know, yeah, silly example but – you know, ADCC was the whole the 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 platform that allowed the innovation of leg locks and heel hooks and things like that. Well, what's to stop some other organization coming up that allows all this small joint manipulation and True. all these sort of things? Like, and someone, some organization needs to be the final word to more or less decide what can go and what can't go. 
Otherwise, yeah, it is just this cowboy free for all and it's not safe. Well, there's so many different rule sets as well. Coming from someone new to the sport, and I mean, I know that even some more senior belts like get confused as hell with the rules from organization to organization. So when you when I go to, I, I, I sign up to compete in just about every bloody grappling competition in Sydney, right? Mm. Or in our, in our sort of region, in within, within driving distance, yep. within reason, I fucking go to it. But I always have to read up on the rules if it's not IBJJF. Like, okay, can I do heel hooks for this? Okay, only only intermediate and above. What's intermediate? Yeah. Oh, you need to be a, a one-year blue belt and above. Or like, you know, there's so many different cowboy rule sets with with what, what th- some things I can do, some things I can't do. Prime example of that is, I know I've spoken about it before, but it's worth repeating in this context is there was a, a member of the old Danaher death squad. I forget his name. Um, unfortunately, sorry to this guy. But he got disqualified from an IBJJF semifinal because of mouth oh, covering. What's his name? Um, Taza. Or something, yeah, 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 yeah. And he yeah. and he covered the mouth, uh, mouth and nose, and you can't do that in this rule set, but you can in, in ADCC. Ones, yeah. So you know he defaulted to that because that's how they train, and he got DQ'd. Uh, so well, just on who's number one this weekend, a dude got DQ'd for slamming. Ah, right. So because slamming is allowed in ADCC, right? I'm not sure. Maybe I'm not sure. Mm. But yeah, I know that who's number one has its own rule set because even this exhibition fight that that Gordon Ryan's doing shortly is, you know, he said, oh, with who's number one rules. It's like. Who's, yeah, why is that a thing? Like, though? I mean, <laughs> if you're just, well, like you can't, they, it almost makes them, if you change the rules, you kind of change. The sport. The sport or yeah. you change the game mode, if you will. Like yeah. you've got to, you know, like. If you had soccer and you said, oh, but in this one, the pitch is half the length. Like, it's like, okay, well, it's a different type of soccer. Like, mm. I mean, it's a different game now. You know, so many things change when you change the rules. And and jujitsu being so, so complicated, like changing one rule can totally change like the way that you can connect techniques and whatever to get to certain positions to exploit whatever rule. Mm. And like in any high level sport or high level athlete you're always trying to find you know uh maybe not loopholes isn't the right word but you're you're playing the game yeah but playing to win but yes you take slamming slamming is a really good example i mean you could look at any of my comp footage like i have been in position where i could fuck someone up if slamming was allowed yeah however it's not so like i can lift them up and reposition and and work a technique yeah but But yeah the same way the person on the bottom like they can they don't need to divert a portion of their focus and energy towards not getting slammed because they, they know, know they you're can't. not allowed to do exactly, it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And 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 why isn't slamming allowed? Because it's deemed not safe, mm. right? Like it's a, yes, I know it's allowed in some rules and it's allowed in MMA, mm. but as a whole, you know, more or less in jujitsu, it's deemed not not safe, right? Yeah. And s- someone. Sorry. I was just saying, I was just thinking of an example. The The most recent comp in Sydney, just before the lockdown, um, there was this purple belt who's a coach at uh, Gracie Baja Bondi. Uh, his name's Ricky. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. I, I've met him a couple of times. I yeah, don't real, real nice guy. Yeah, he seems super nice. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Ricky if he's listening. He probably is. Uh, but he, <laughs> he got slammed in the, I think it was the semifinals. Oh, uh, it was in the semifinals of his uh, weight division or it might have even been absolute. Anyway, I think it was absolute. And he got slammed by this big guy because he had a triangle locked up and the guy after it was like, oh, I was a Hail Mary. I knew I was fucking going to lose anyway. I was about to tap. So I thought, fuck it. 
and just decided to slam him. Like, what a piece of yeah, shit. What a piece of shit. Like, yeah. knows he's losing, but just goes, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to slam this kid anyway. Yeah, Get well, that's kid. just a prick, right? Yeah, I mean, anyway. like, like when we're talking about <laughs> drug use and stuff, yeah, in, it's the, same in sort the of other thing. episode, we're saying, well, if it's against the rules, then you're a prick if you do it because yeah. then you're cheating. Yeah. You know, and um, so I think. Yeah, like they could be two separate governing bodies, like one for gi and one for no gi, like I don't care. But yeah, otherwise, if you constantly have all these different organizations with different rules, like each then, each little organization could argue it's a different sport. Like let's say you and I start an organization and it can be no gi, right? And we, the, our rules are slightly different to who's number one and who's and ADCC. They're slightly different. And then fast forward five years and we're bigger and better than flow grappling who's number one and ADCC and we mm. decide, you know, oh, we don't want to be associated with them anymore. So we – no, 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 our rules are this. So we changed the name of the sport and but it's still jujitsu and everyone's doing it. Yep. Like, But, I mean, okay, so again, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I think we're, we're getting onto some pretty good topics. So, I'm getting angry, Kieran. Yeah, I know. I can, I can sense it, but I want to channel <laughs> this, right? Okay, devil's advocate time. Wouldn't it be – couldn't I argue that the best ideas will rise to the top? that the consumers, that the practitioners, that the athletes, that the attention, the eyeballs will go toward what is most entertaining, what is the best rule sets. Because if something yeah, is dangerous, right, if say say that an organization comes along, has every the exact same rules as ADCC, but you're allowed to, you know, eye gouge, people aren't going to compete in that. You know what I mean? What, what do you mean they won't? I'm saying that I don't think that the best athletes in the world would compete in an organization like that has the exact same rules as ADCC, but they can get, you know, lose their vision permanently. I don't think well, they would do that. Some, man, pe people do crazy shit. Some, some, some I mean, would, I think, but I don't I think, think eye gouging is quite an extreme example. It is. I think, That's a bit of a but, straw man. But, you know, like, let's say something a bit more realistic that mm. I mentioned earlier, you know, like small joint manipulation. Mm. But you know, if that I, made I, the sport more entertaining, but more, but more entertaining yeah. doesn't always mean what's right, you know. And and that's a good point. Like you can start looking at what's like ethically correct and what's morally correct. Because if it was you more know? entertaining, oh. you would have like gladiators. Like we would, we would see, right? We would you see know? like like literal gladiator fights. Like right? if if you could, if you had this switch that you could turn off, if you could mm. turn off your conscience and your whatever else, mm. things that your morals and everything, if you just talked like what would be entertaining, well, like, why do you think, yeah, watching like gladiators fight yeah. in a movie is fun? Like, because I mean, imagine being able to literally watch like a samurai war yeah. and you having zero care about a literal father just a, a real person getting beheaded well, or look whatever. At history, you know? right? Look <laughs> like, at history. Like the, Okay, we're getting a bit weird and off topic, but, no, this, but is, this is relevant. But look at history, okay? So if you were a Roman back when the Colosseum was in full blast and you had huge gladiator spectacles, you can't say, you can't sit there and say, no, nah, I wouldn't go. That's barbaric because it's insane. It's it's ingrained. Like at the history time, yeah. has proven that human nature is attracted to watching people fucking fight to the death. So if for whatever reason, kind of like a death race, if you've seen that, like for, for whatever reason, in 20 years time, if in some bizarre fucking crazy land, it was legalized somewhere and they started televising uh, gladiator, gladiator wars with willing participants, it, I think it would have insane viewership. I think it would be one of the most popular sports in the world. Yeah. Like but, I'm just going to go out there and but yeah, say Yeah, it doesn't it. mean it's right, you know? I totally like, agree. Um, and, and that's, yeah, I totally agree. 
It's uh, fucked. <laughs> yeah. So one of the I always refer to to this sport in a in a lot of episodes because it's it's one I one I follow. Mm. But I think it's super relevant to this conversation, which would be um which would be Formula One. Yep. And for those who don't know and don't follow Formula One, one of the issues that the sport currently has, and they're making changes for the coming season, but one of the issues Formula One currently has is the the racing is seemed as not being very competitive because of the way the aerodynamics of the car work and it makes it more or less makes it like kind of impossible for the car behind to ever overtake the car in front because of the way the aerodynamics are disrupted when you're behind a car and all these sort of things. Right. And, and so it's kind of like the racing isn't super close. Right. And, but a lot of the things that have taken it to this aerodynamic phase that has not allowed the racing to be super close is because of all the like the, all these the new rules over the years that have been put in to make it safe right. right if anyone has recently watched the the Netflix documentary that that came out i think it's just called Schumacher about Michael Schumacher uh so he started racing in time where man racing was super close super it was almost like uh destruction derby like uh, like dodgem cars but in formula one cars going Mm. 300 kilometers an hour right Mm. and that's all fun and games and it's way more entertaining to watch like anyone who's a racing fan it's super entertaining to watch close racing Mm. but then like once there's an accident and someone dies right? Like Etten Senna died, right? Mm. Racing against Schumacher. And then all of a sudden, like, it's not fun anymore. Mm. Like, cause we're not in gladiator times. Like society has evolved to. We care about people. Yeah, we, yeah. We care about people and stuff like that. And um, so one of the biggest criticisms that, that the formula one cars have gotten recently is this thing called a halo, right? And it's this ring that sits above the cockpit to protect drivers' heads. Because, you know, like if if you don't know what a halo is and you probably just think about a Formula One car, the dudes are just sitting in the car, Mm. right, and their head's just right there. Mm. There's nothing over their head Mm. to protect them, right? Whereas now there's like this ring that sits above it. It's called a halo. And people were all up in arms because like it made the cars look ugly and this and they didn't like it and blah, blah, blah. And there's been something like – since its introduction a couple of years ago, there's been like three or four crashes that the driver would have died if it wasn't for the halo. There was one just the other weekend where um, the a car went on top of the other car and the wheel of the car literally hit the other driver in the helmet and the 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 floor of the car crushed down onto the halo. Like this, this it was this guy would have been literally run over by a Formula One car. Mm. Another guy's car split in half and he went through a guardrail and the halo saved his life. Right. You know, and the <laughs> the rant that I'm going on is that if you go back to early days racing or Formula One, right? Super entertaining but super fucking dangerous, bro, right? right? And then – and you ask the drivers themselves in this Schumacher documentary, like Michael Schumacher talks about like the thoughts he was having after like Ayrton Senna died and he died racing against him, you Mm. know? And then how did he feel about turning up the next weekend to race? And he said he was going around the track pre-race and he was like, could die there, could die there, could die there, right? And, you know, so it's not really – 
ethical now? And this is a bit of a long-winded way to say, well, that could happen with jujitsu. If there's no regulating body, like no one like stopping the buck to say, we define this as the sport of sub-jitsu or no-gi or gi or whatever, then, you know, just because someone wants to change the rules to make it more entertaining doesn't mean it's right. I agree. I think that it is a fine line. Obviously, you're going to incorporate some form of risk. We don't want to see jujitsu where they're, you know, wrapped up in cotton wool and bubble wrap and it's fucking, you know, they high five knuckles and then they cuddle and whoever does the best cuddle wins. Like it, no one wants to see that. I think that obviously you're not saying that there shouldn't be some form of risk. You've spoken about many times that it's a full contact sport. Be prepared for that. Like look at my fucking, you know, knee that we're talking about last episode. Yeah. Um, prime example. However, I think that you do need to take ethics into account for jujitsu. There does need to be a balance between the two. And I also think that as the current rule set is, particularly IBJJF, I don't, I don't think that it is at a stage, like I don't think it's resolved. Like I, I still feel as though the, the, the rules, the sport has a, a bit of a way to go before it's at a fine, that it's at its perfect balance between entertaining, like super entertaining to watch and safe for the competitor and something that can be easily, you know, repeated, like more or less easily understood. So, you know, simple, so new people can, you know, learn the sport. I still think there needs to be a little bit more development in the rule sets. And I think that organizations like, <clears throat> like ADCC and, um, you know, who's number one, they're attempting to do that, but there's still something missing. I don't know. Yeah. It's probably just due to it being a relatively young sport. Oh, I right? agree, yeah. the, the rules keep changing mm. because the techniques keep changing and keep getting developed. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, yeah, that you could find people wanting to compete in eye gouging and whatever, but yeah, as a whole, the masses want, something that's entertaining but safe mm. because the, the the majority of people don't want to see mm. someone get grotesquely injured mm. right because we're not gladiators anymore like we don't if you get caught stealing a loaf of bread they don't cut your hands off anymore yeah. you know this isn't medieval times um so the masses want to if they're a competitor in it they want to feel safe right and the viewers want it to be safe, but also super entertaining. A thought just occurred to me when it comes to like the the no gi versus gi sort of conversation. Do you think that jujitsu is trying to be something it's not? You know what I mean? Like, let me let me try to expand on this a little bit. There's a plethora of sports out there that aren't very entertaining. And we spoke about that in episode five when we spoke about um, should jiu-jitsu be in the Olympics. And we're basically using the example of like gymnastics or, or, you know, swimming or something like that. Unless you're watching the best of the best in the world, you're not going to sit down and watch fucking regional swimming championships. Like mm. how fucking boring, unless you're a swimmer, right? Yeah. So jiu-jitsu is trying to develop in such a way that it is entertaining for the layperson or for someone that doesn't necessarily know a lot of jiu-jitsu to be entertained by it, like MMA can do or like boxing can do. You don't need to be an uh, an MMA competitor to be entertained by the UFC. Man, that shit's hyper entertaining. And yeah. jiu-jitsu is trying to develop a rule set and form itself or morph itself into, into something that is entertaining as a spectator sport. But do you think it's trying to be something it's not? Yeah, if you, if you phrase it like that, I think it is because 
the like if that's what their if that's what one of these organizations approach is it's funda- oh, yeah. it's fundamentally flawed because jiu-jitsu's at its core outside of like the the wrestling grappling as a whole like there's it's not something that on its own makes sense to an un- uneducated person and what i what i mean by that is well mma even though it has wrestling and jiu-jitsu aspects to it like even if you know nothing about it you know it's just two people fighting you know what punching someone in the face does or whatever like it's Mm. just it makes sense instantly you know you might watch a fight that goes to the ground and you have no idea what's going on like but they're still trying to punch each other and it it makes sense right Mm. yeah like formula one racing even you know it makes sense even if someone doesn't know anything about it they know that it's a it's a race cargo right? fast yeah. Car win. <laughs> yeah, yeah right um whereas you know jujitsu's without being educated about jujitsu you know like if, if let's say we grab someone who's never trained and we like they don't even understand even people who do train but they haven't learned a heel hook yet. Mm. They don't even understand. You can show it to them, but until they feel it on them, they almost like, they don't even understand why it hurts. Like, Mm. you know, it makes no sense to them. Mm. Right. So the the approach to think that jujitsu will just be entertaining because it's a fight. Like it just doesn't make sense. It's, Mm. it's a different sport. You know, I don't think that approach would ever work. I think it's fundamentally flawed. Whereas MMA, you know, it's like, it's seen as this no rules contest. Right, like to 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 someone who doesn't know better, it's seen yeah, as full this, combat. Anything goes. Yeah, within that, within like very obvious, few, obviously there are rules. Yeah, but they've like man, yeah, okay. So you can't groin strike, you can't eye gouge the stuff that we sort of covered. But yeah. everything else, good to go, man. You can elbow someone in the fucking face. That's yeah, but pretty, even then, there's rules. You can't twelve to six elbow, which is right? a little bit ridiculous. But anyway, you can't like uh, back of the head shots. Yeah, and, you and can't, little things like can't, that kick or grounded, grounded opponents. Opponent. Yeah, like, like that. With, with those being the very few ex- exceptions. But apart from that, you can pretty much do anything you yeah. fucking want. But ask someone who's, you know, who has a son or something who mm. trains jujitsu and they don't train themselves. Like, and I know this, I've had, I've had this conversation with friends where, you know, they're, you know, maybe they were on the bottom of Mount and mm. their dad was like, well, why didn't you just get up? It's like, oh my yeah, God. but like, that, like it's get up you give the back yeah 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 like, so it's lack you know, of education and and jujitsu too it's, nuanced it's too complex yeah it's too complex to just get that you yeah. know and it's the same as yeah okay you said gymnastics it's a bit different because gymnastics as a whole you can look at it and be like cool they did a that bunch of flips cool. that yeah. looks cool yeah but some but gym, I mean in gymnastics terms of, is fucking boring like if you watch some of the gymnastics you're like okay cool yeah. whatever but even even with gymnastics there are plenty there's moves in gymnastics that you're not allowed to do that athletes are physically capable of doing, right. but they're against the rules because they're seen as too dangerous. I didn't even know that. Right? There you go. Um, in ice skating, in figure skating, mm. there's another one. There was a period of time where there was this um, this girl who would do a backflip wow. while on, on on in figure skating. And that's now illegal. You're not allowed to do that because it's seen, deemed as too dangerous because there's a like it stops with someone. Yeah. Otherwise, like someone just makes another organization of figure sk- skating where you're allowed to backflip. Yeah. You and, know then, I mean? and then it creates a scenario and where then like it if forces you can't, everyone, yeah, you exactly. have to then backflip. Like we're talking about with steroids, if you have a sport where all the best athletes are openly 
on steroids. You then have to take you steroids. You have to take steroids to yeah. be compa- if you want to be the best in the world. Uh, yeah, it's the exact same conversation. So, so I think as this a this is ho- complex, hey? Yeah, <laughs> I think as a, if I was to put a final stamp on it, what what do I see happening and what do I think should happen? Like, I mean, I don't like to think that gi and no gi will become two completely different sports. I mean, they'll like I said, they'll always be connected the same way a motorbike and a car are connected, but they're mm. two different things. I don't want to see that happen because I love both of them, but I believe it will happen. They'll just they'll individually become they'll become so much knowledge you need to know in gi alone and in no gi alone that they'll push each other apart. Mm. Um yeah, that that'll be a sad day because I love training and teaching both of them, but I think that'll happen. And then I think each individually, like it needs a, a official governing body to say, this is the sport, right? Mm. You know, like otherwise you can just do whatever the hell you want, you know, and there needs to be rules and regulations for consistency, for safety, mm. for a whole plethora of reasons. And unfortunately the way I see it and in my very, you know, narrow sort of perspective on it admittedly, but the way I see it, is we're stepping even further and further away from that happening. Like the biggest, the I mean, again, my in my opinion, the biggest chance jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu had to, as a governing body was IBJJF. But as time passes, it, I think IBJJF is becoming less and less relevant. Yeah, and I think that's, that's due to them not putting enough, uh, not, I mean, I don't want to say not putting enough effort. Like maybe it was just from a business point of view, they didn't see the opportunity because sometimes, you know, a lot of things in business can be seeing something and having a hunch and taking a gamble Mm. or whatever. And they just didn't capitalize or perhaps they didn't feel it was worth the risk, but they didn't, they didn't get in on no geese explosion. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's sort of why they've become a bit less relevant, but I think if you know, we, I, had- I still, I still, I, I don't want to see all this bullshit of American jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, who's mm. number one rules, ADCC rules, mm. man. Like, you know, someone needs to draw a freaking line. If we man. had an organization like the UFC that came in, because UFC isn't MMA, M- UFC is simply an organization that has a championship for MMA. Yeah. If we saw a organization like the UFC come along and all of the best competitors in the world flocked to that organization because they had the best rule set, it was the most entertaining, uh, they had the most viewership and they were offering enough money and, and people could actually make a living being a jiu-jitsu athlete. I think when that day comes, that's when we'll see that organization as being the governing body for the sport. Yeah, it might work out that way because without, without having to answer to a higher organization like the IOC, Mm. like if you're an Olympic sport, you know, so, you know, until you have to answer to a, well, even then, right? Like, for example, ice hockey, the rules for like the NHL would be the biggest um, league in the world. There's quite big leagues in Europe as well, but like the American Canadian league, the the NHL would be the biggest one that's most well known their rules are slightly different to the hockey that they play in the Olympics. 
right? Only slightly different, but mm. you know, and I think the league in Europe might be a little different as well. But you know, like unless you're answering answering to a bigger governing body like the IOC, they have to stay somewhat aligned, right? Otherwise, yeah, you're yeah. gonna make one of them obsolete. And you know, but yeah, if with with anything goes, it's just not cool, man. I will actually tell you a story, and I'll in. I don't know if it was MotoGP or it might have been World Superbike, but anyway, motorbike racing. There was this rider, I, I can't remember his name, but on multiple occasions when he was racing side by side with another rider, he would take his foot off the peg and kick. Oh, the other you're rider. joking. And I mean, do you what think. Fuck it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and entertaining, maybe. Do you think it should be allowed? Fucking no, bro. He could kill that person. Yeah. These bikes are doing like 300 plus kilometers an hour, you know. Because technically, let me guess, it wasn't in the rules that you can't do it. So he got away No, 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 it. it was. No, I think he got he got permanently banned from oh. racing, I oh, believe. Okay. Good. Um, uh, or, or at least in that uh, competition circuit or yep. something. Yeah, he did it multiple. No, he, uh, sorry. Um, telling that story wrong. He may, he's probably done that as well. No, what he did was he took his, his side by side racing another guy doing whatever kilometers an hour. He took his hand off his, his handlebars and reached over and squeezed on his, the other dude's front brake. Wow. And I mean, luckily the other dude didn't crash, Yeah, but man, like, so if you don't, I mean, this, this is a, a sport that has rules to say you can't do shit like that and people still do it. So like, you know, you got, you know, if, if the buck's not stopping with someone, mm. what's to stop shit like that? What's to stop stuff in Formula One where like Formula One's rule book is like 800 pages long, bro. <laughs> and they have the FIA, which yeah. is who says what you can do. And right. there's heaps of stuff that they deem what's safe and not safe. Like one in one in racing is when you have a car coming up behind you, you're only allowed to, to do like one move or something. Yeah. You're yeah. only allowed to move across the track to defend once you yeah. can't like zig cause it's deemed too dangerous. Mm. Whereas back in the day you could do that. And I would argue it was probably super entertaining to watch, but only, you know, one too many people need to die yeah. and you go, huh, hang on. That just comes back to our, our line versus like safety for the, the competitors, the athletes, for even general practitioners of people trying to emulate and entertainment value. But, but I think if, if we're if we're answering the initial question of the episode, is uh, is, is gee uh, becoming yeah. obsolete? No, but it's becoming I don't think it's becoming less popular. It's that maybe just no gee is becoming more so popular. Proportionally. Proportionally like, it yeah. is less popular. Uh you know, I don't think people would, you know, I don't want to say they'll never stop training it. Because you know who could say, mm. but I mean, people still train judo. It's not like people have seen judo was like, oh, well, it's useless in when people don't have a gi, or it's useless in MMA. People still train judo and mm. everything. I don't know. Maybe that's helped that it's in the Olympics. I'm not sure, but you know, like I said, I have fun training in the gi, so I don't want to stop training in the gi. Mm. But yeah, though, though, it's definitely. As time goes on, no geese is becoming more and more popular, more accessible, and will they'll probably just go their own separate ways. I think. Yeah, I have to agree. I just want someone to 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 be in charge of it. Next minute, Adam Child's Jiu Jitsu <laughs> Federation is uh, is coming live, but I, I think that's a good place to end it. I mean, we sort of danced around the topic, but I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the the approach that we ended up taking uh, talking more about the evolution of, of no gi and, and whether, 
you know, we, we kind of got a little bit philosophical about entertainment value versus ethics. So yeah, I think that that could be definitely expanded in a discussion for another day. But yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it's a hard line to draw, right? I know we're just wrapping it up, but we we spoke about slamming, and mm. some of the some of the probably the most famous slam would be like Rampage Jackson. Do you know Rampage Jackson? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like in, I don't know if his famous knockout slam was in Pride or in the UFC, but I mean. You know, essentially sure. slamming someone down onto the back of their head, knocking them, you know, knock, out. knocking yep. them the hell out, like yep. crazy entertaining, yep. like quite, you know, the you know it's entertaining because the yeah. crowd goes wild. Yeah, but you know, I reckon that could be it's still in MMA. Mm. That's a rule you could see get if some dude becomes paraplegic or breaks his neck and dies from it. Like yeah. that's a, you know, things can be entertaining, but also yeah. Once, once, once it goes, what do your parents always say? Oh, it's fun until someone gets hurt yeah. when you're wrestling. All fun and games. All and fun yeah, and games yeah. until someone gets hurt, yeah, right? And it's I still mean, fun. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's, as long as you're that, not the one that's hurt. That's the line that that, that they're yeah. trying to walk. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And you got to allow for some sort of accidents. But if there's something that, of course, that's it as well. I don't, I don't want to say that, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, to some degree, you're, you don't want a knee-jerk reaction, right? Yeah. Like, oh, someone, you know didn't tap to an armbar and their arm breaks. Well, fuck, you yeah, know, it's part and parcel. Should have yeah, tapped yeah. the ticket. Yeah. But if, say, for example, if, if next minute, like next few years, slamming kills like three people just from this one move, and they're like, yeah. you know, obviously the UFC and MMA governing bodies will be like, oh, should we do that? Like imagine if someone took that approach. Like imagine if if they went, okay, this is my entire strategy. I I, 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 like I've been, I've been training with – with Eddie Hall, Brian Shaw, <laughs> all I'm practicing is like lifting Atlas stones and yep. like and hurling them into the center of the earth. Yeah, my entire strategy is slamming people and knocking them out. And imagine, right? Yeah. Like mm. people could do that if it's in the like certain competitions. You're allowed to slam people. Could go. I'm going to get into close guard and or a triangle or whatever, and I'm just going to slam you repeatedly. Yeah, and if you like. Imagine getting slammed by like Brian Shaw or oh, Eddie. Like it would kill you. Well, you can slam in Polaris in in their most uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I think when, when it was last on Polaris, the um, super fight uh, in the UK, they they allow slamming. And the other right. reason I know that is because um, I saw a, um, a f- match between uh, Jeremy and so I'm not sure if it was Polaris, but anyway, one of those sort of super fights slamming is allowed. And Jeremy was. Um, Shot for a triangle, he got it. He got slammed, but then it just sunk the opponent deeper into the triangle. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so he's like, "Oh yeah." But so. I mean, like, it's entertaining, right? And I guess that's, super. I mean, that's a great, great example. Slamming is a great example of like what is entertaining, but yeah. you could see it cross the line at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the athletes know there's risk. Of yeah. course, it is a combat sport. Yep. You know, the same way, no matter what precautions are put into, you know, motorbike and car racing, or mm. you know surfing you know like Andy Irons or Bruce Irons one of the best surfers in the world died years ago like you know like there's always risks right 100% uh, but, but yeah. yeah anyway we'll uh let's hopefully we'll see what the future holds right yeah for sure so make sure you revisit this episode in 20 years yeah. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but if you did enjoy the uh episode feel free to uh jump over to our Instagram it's at beyond jiu-jitsu underscore podcast if you want to support the show further, we have a link tree there. You can uh, jump over to our Patreon. You can watch this on YouTube, follow us, all that good gear. Thanks for supporting the show and listening. And uh, until next time, guys, see ya.
Thank <laughs> you.